Welcome to Outside the Huddle, featuring your host, Lemont Williams. This program is a great resource for players making career transitions, as well as a place to discuss this week's top sports stories. Now, here's your host, Lemont Williams. Welcome back to Outside the Huddle with your host, Lemont Williams, coming from coming to you live from Houston, Texas. Uh, today is the first day of May 1st. May 1st, man, the year is going by quick. We are in the month of May. Excited to be back with you guys on this Wednesday. Excited to be here this week. All right, so let's go ahead and jump right into it, and we're going to recap a little bit of the draft from last week. I'm going to break down the Houston Texans draft picks as well as the first-round pick all the way down to the seventh-round draft pick. And also, I want to talk to NBA playoffs. Houston Texans, oh, excuse me, Houston Rockets are in a battle right now down 0-2 to the Golden State Warriors. So, uh, like I just mentioned, we're going to start off with the NFL draft, recapping that. So, the NFL, 2019 NFL draft was last week, last Thursday, matter of fact. I was actually covering the draft in Houston here for the Texans. And the Texans had, uh, had about, what, seven picks? Let's see here. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Yeah, seven picks, one in the first round. Uh, the 22nd overall pick. Well, the 23rd overall pick. Uh, in the second round, they had the 54th overall pick. Second round, they had the 55th overall pick. Third round, 86. Fifth round was 161. Sixth round was 195. In the seventh round, they had 220. So, with that being said, the Houston Texans selected Titus Howard, uh, the, tie, uh, the tackle out of the SWAT conference at 6'5", 322 pounds, Alabama State. First and foremost, uh, shout-out to the SWAT conference for having someone, Southwestern Athletic Conference. Uh, cut my teeth in the SWAT, calling some football games there for ESPN3, uh, Texas Southern, Prairie View, uh, some of the local schools here uh, from the SWAT conference. So with that being said, he is uh, a young man out of Alabama State at 6'5", 322, very athletic tackle that the Texans picked up. And, and like you know, he's been listening to the show throughout the years or the last two years. talks about how the Texans need to improve the offensive line play, uh, especially protecting their dual-threat quarterback. And Deshaun Watson, having the opportunity to get a young guy, Titus Howard, I thought was impressive. I really didn't believe that they were going to go O-line the first round. I thought they would go... Cornerback safety due to the fact that they lost a few guys, key players in their secondary in the offseason. So I'll go over some of the other players that they drafted in the second round. That was a draft pick for the secondary. But back to Titus. Uh, again, he played so many different positions. Very athletic, played basketball, uh, you know, played tight end at one time. Uh, gained the weight that he needed to be successful. Also played a little quarterback. Believe it or not, but also, but he gained the way that he needed to be successful as an offensive tackle to be drafted in the first round. Very impressive player that the Texans thought they can get in the first round. Uh, flew him in and had great interviews, and from there he was able to get drafted. So uh, I was able to uh, be a part of the conference call with Titus Howard when he after he after he got drafted on Thursday night. And I'm going to get A-Rod. A-Rod, I want you to play that clip that, that I had sent in um, for the show. Titus, number uh, number 23 overall from an FCS school. First of all, just tell us your reflections on going this high to the Houston Texans. 
Oh man, it just it's just an un- unbelievable feeling right now. Uh, I'm just I'm just blessed to you know be a part of Houston Texans, great organization. Uh, I've been you know I had a good feeling about the team when I went and did my visit, and you know they they decided to draft me, man. I, and I promise you they didn't make a mistake. I'm gonna go and give them everything I have. What what do you know about Deshaun Watson, and how much are you looking forward to protecting him? Uh, I know Deshaun Watson, a very mobile quarterback. He's, you know, being one of the, the best quarterbacks, even though he's, you know, have been in the lead at all. And uh, me being a tackler, I feel like me being my athleticism, I can be able to protect him longer. You know, he's more mobile, so he moves around a lot more. Uh, but I feel like I'm going to be, uh, me and going to build a great relationship while I'm there, man, and help win games with Houston Texas. Titus, who is, who is most responsible for helping you change your body as you transition from quarterback to where you are now? Uh, it would be my strength staff, man. They, you know, uh, Coach Mega Harrison uh, was very, you know, hard on me. Uh, you know, he stayed on me about you know, being right. Um, and my, my, my fiance always cooked for me, <laughs> you know. she uh, So I, I was always eating and, you know, I am just getting bigger and faster and stronger over the years. Hey, Titus, talk Titus. about your uh, athleticism, being able to play tight end, but also segue into offensive linemen. Sir, can you repeat that question? Talk about your athleticism, your athleticism, t- transitioning from tight end to O-line. Oh, yes, sir. Yeah, um, yeah I would still be able to uh, use all my athleticism. I just, like, as more I picked up weight, you know, I, I didn't, I didn't, I know I lost a little speed, but my athleticism still stayed there. So um, it, it, I was, I was able to move, you know, in ways all off the slap that able to move. So I think just me playing tight end and, you know, quarterback and stuff, it just helped me, you know, because it, it never lost. I never lost. Titus, when you visited the Texans, what kind of feedback did you get from Brian Gain and Bill O'Brien? And, and how seriously did you feel like they were taking you as their potential first-round pick? Uh, I got some great feedback from them. Uh, I was just talking to them and, you know, they, they liked the player I was and the person I was. And uh, they gave me good feedback on saying that they liked me as a player. They hope they can give me. And, you know, they can't, you know, take me. How, if at all, do you feel like you're still uh, learning the tackle position and kind of learning to play at the size right now? Oh, uh, yes, sir. Yeah, I feel like I'm still, you know, learning more about this. I'm pretty smart as a player. Uh, I got a lot to learn, you know, get to NFL, you know, get better, you know, from day one. And uh, I know that my ceiling is high, and you know I'm looking to be the best I can be. As a former quarterback, Titus, do you feel like you have a sense for how long the quarterback needs, what you have to do to protect him because you played that position? Yes, sir. Uh, that's that's one of the main things. Um, be playing quarterback. I know how it feels to play uh, quarterback, so I know how you know the sacks being sacked feel. So I try my best, you know, not to give up any sacks. So I try to play as long as I can to keep. The guys were hitting the quarterback. Titus, you had an interesting tweet today about you and a gorilla in a phone booth. Tell us that. Oh, yeah. Uh, it was a saying one of my home office line coaches used to say uh, his mentality is you put him in a cage with a gorilla, you better pray for the gorilla, not him, because he's going to be all right. And this is how I, you know, this is how I feel. You just put me, you know, in a cage with anybody, I feel like I'm going to come out. Yeah, this is my mentality going in. Titus, how does it feel coming out of a HBCU going in the first round, um, especially when, you know, SWAC doesn't get a lot of love when it comes to the NFL draft? Uh, it, it's just so special to me. You know, just as big, you know, represent, you know, the HBCU schools, the SWAC, and, you know, just, you know, show that you can have players, you know, come from the HBCU and the SWAC and just be a good player for any in the SEC, ACC. 
So for me, you know, to get his chance, you know, be dressed as first round pick, I'm gonna make the most out of it. So uh, guys in the future from the sweat nation, you get a chance to get looked at like I did. Titus, I have to, I have to know, like what those meals that your fiance made for you? Can you tell us what they, what's your favorite or what she was making for you? My favorite would be her uh, chicken spaghetti. Uh, I used to eat that. I would eat that back to back nights. I'm like, hey man, I eat the whole pan. And that that helped you like get get to the size you need to be to play the offensive line. What you say? Can you repeat that? And that helped you get to the size you needed to be to play on the offensive line. Yes, ma'am. It did. It really did. Uh, it helped me pack on weight, but not in a bad way. Uh, so it helped me out a lot. Titus, did the Texans indicate to you if you'd be a right tackle or left tackle in the NFL? Uh, they could allow you to play right tackle, left tackle, or guard. Um, so. Well, position they put me in, and I'm going to go in and make the most out of it. Have you ever played guard in your career? Uh, I have before oh, in yeah. practice, but uh, I can play anything you put me in there. This is how good I can adjust to it. Titus, the comparison to uh, Teron Armstead out of Arkansas Pine Bluff, you've been compared similar to him. Do you, are you familiar with uh, Teron's game? Uh, yeah, I'm familiar with him. I actually talked to Teron Armstead. Uh, about a week ago, he you know he just sent me up prayers. Uh, he just told me he hope I, you know, hope the best for me. If I need anything, you know, let him know. And I'm not gonna hold him short of that because uh, I know the type of player he is, where he came from, and I know I can learn a lot from him. Titus, how high were you expecting to go on the draft? Uh, I was expecting first round. Um, All right, again, that was Titus Young. I mean, excuse me, Titus Howard. Uh, the first-round draft pick for the Houston Texans uh, selected at number 23 overall in the last week's draft, 2019. The Texans got a very athletic uh, tackle that played multiple positions. Uh, as you heard himself about him playing tight end to quarterback. And being from the SWAG conference, that's huge for that conference and for the future players coming out of there as well. Uh, looks like we're coming up on the time for our first break here for the show. So we'll break when we come back. I kind of re- go through a little bit more of the Texas draft picks as well as some other draft picks from last week that surprised me. Next one, Outside the Huddle, with your host, Lemont Williams, on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you ready for a disaster? If you are like many people in the world, that answer may sadly be no. Disasters happen unexpectedly to people just like you every day. Tune into Preparing for the Unexpected with business continuity and disaster planning expert Alex Bullock. The show will not only help you better prepare for a disaster itself, but also to prepare you, your place of employment, and community for the aftermath. Emotionally, financially, and with a better level of awareness and a stronger feeling of resiliency. Tune in Thursdays at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. It's a spring triple threat on The Revolution with Jim and Trav this week as the boys talk hunting for alligators, bears, and hogs. Oh, my. Joining the boys is Travis T-Bone Turner from Michael Waddell's Bone Collector, Wild Man Kip Campbell of Red Arrow, Yamaha's own Steve Nessel, and Trey PK of Voodoo Crew on Outdoor Channel. Jim and Trav's spring triple threat discussion is presented by Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, World Fishing Network, and My Outdoor TV. Saturdays at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel. 
Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You're outside the huddle with Lemont Williams. Want a piece of today's action? Call into the show right now at 1 888 346 9144. That's 888 346 9144. Or you can drop a line to Lemont Williams Sports at yahoo.com. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Outside the Huddle with your host, Lee Mob Williams, coming to you live from Houston, Texas on May the 1st, 2019. Great first segment. Had an opportunity to play the clip of the Titus Howard conference call right after he got drafted by the Houston Texans at number 23 overall pick. And now I want to kind of just quickly go through some draft picks that the Texans got in the second round as well as the remaining of the draft. Lonnie Johnson, Jr., was the cornerback they selected in the second round, number 22 overall in the second round. Um, then they went old tackle. Then they got a tight end, believe it or not, in the third round. Uh, jumping down, they got another corner from Central Michigan, Xavier Crawford, in the sixth round. So the Texans did a lot of drafting for us uh, throughout last week's draft pick for drafting a lot of guys throughout the last week draft. And they focus a lot on the emphasis on defense. As you can see here, they out of seven picks, they have one, two, three guys who's been defensive players. So that's huge for them. Um, going into the season, Romeo Cornell is looking to improve that defense, especially in the secondary, and they got some really good young players. So hats off to the Texans. If I had to give them a grade, I guess, for the draft, I'd give them a B minus. I thought it was. They hit all the major points that they needed for the NFL draft. Going into the draft with their needs, uh, now is only time will tell how these players will pan out. Especially with the offensive tackle, Titus Howard, uh, overall pick, number one overall pick, number 23 overall pick from Alabama State out of the SWAT Conference. Now, the NFL draft as a whole was exciting, entertaining. Uh, the NFL does a really great job of hosting an NFL draft at different cities every year. This year was in Nashville, Tennessee. Next year is going to be in Las Vegas, Nevada. So <laughs> that's going to be exciting to see, knowing that it's going to Las Vegas. Uh, if Nashville played the streets and people came out and supported, I can only imagine how it's going to feel in uh, in Vegas. You know, in Vegas with, you know, the Oakland Raiders moving to Vegas here shortly. The Raiders moving to uh, Los Angeles, Las Vegas would be an exciting team to be there and having a draft to kind of kick that thing off. Uh, it's another thing. So I'm excited to see that, how that plays out next week. But real quick, uh, pretty much the draft went the way everyone's anticipated. However, number six overall pick, Daniel Jones, went to the New York Giants. And I know A-Rod, my super producer, is busy uh, this evening, so I might get him, I might not get him, but it, a Rod, if you're available, real quick, what's your th- what's your thoughts on the Giants getting Daniel Jones from Duke? 
Um, you know, I feel like it's going to be beneficial for him. Um, you know, they chose to get him, and they feel that he's going to be a good person for the position, and I feel like he might be too, you know. A couple of tweaks here and there, and he might be able to get it down, and, you know, I feel like he'll do he'll do pretty good. Really not, not too much of a loss there. Yeah, I just felt like um, everyone anticipated the Giants to go a different route. I mean, the guy that the Giants, I guess, wanted to get was Dwayne Haskins. He ended up going to Washington Redskins, which I really thought – was a better fit for him. Uh, it's always good to go to a team that wants you. Uh, I don't know how much the Giants really wanted Dwayne Haskins, uh, but the, the, I can definitely tell you how much the rest, Washington Redskins needed and wanted Dwayne Haskins. Being a local product out of Maryland, only 30 minutes away from uh, the Redskins facilities, uh, local kid, local product, uh, it's going to do well for for both parties is going to help the young man grow at a pace that he's in an environment that he's comfortable and he knows. Uh, also, it's going to help the Redskins give an identity to a position that they've been lacking ever since RT3 and Robert Griffin III had left that position. So, you know, in hindsight, you know, Dwayne Haskins is in a better situation than it was um, than Daniel Jones going to the Giants. And Daniel Jones... Only time will tell. I mean, you don't know. You don't know how long he's going to sit behind Eli Manning. We know Dwayne Haskins has a uh, window of opportunity to be able to step in and play right away. So I, I'm excited to see how that plays out, especially with those two teams playing each other twice a year in the NFC uh, division. Jumping down to uh, Buffalo, they end up getting Ed Oliver, the young man out of Houston, the tackle. He's a local product out of Houston, Texas. Stay local and played for the Houston Cougars, was one ninth overall to the Buffalo Bills. Congratulations to him. Uh, let's see here, going down, Rashad Gray went to, from Michigan, went to Green Bay. Christian uh, Wilkins, the young man is known for the split, and he's doing all the athletic moves for the Clemson Tigers. He goes to the Miami Dolphins. He had an excellent shot of Photoshop there, or actually not Photoshop, but actually uh Picture with him and Roger Goodell. He tried to chest bump Roger and caught him off guard, but I thought that was a pretty hilarious situation there. Uh, let's see. Brian Burns, the outside linebacker of Florida State. He goes to Carolina Panthers. I thought that was a good pickup for Carolina. Uh, let's see here. All right. Let's I'm going to jump down to Seattle. Seattle, what do you think about the Seattle Seahawks, your favorite team, A-Rod, and their overall draft picks? You know, I, I, if I had to give it a grade like you did with the Texans, I feel like it, it would probably be a, a B-minus, I think. I, I mean, I'm glad that we chose a lot of, you know, uh, defensive players and, you know, um, a couple line players here and there. Um, but, you know, only time could tell with, with these players, you know. They, they were good on paper. They were good in college. But the transition over into a bigger league, you know, you never know. Some of these, some of these players could be a bust. I mean, I could say that, yeah, over, overall, uh, a lot of them were good picks. Uh, Marquise Blair, safety, um, really, really great pick. We need, we need defense players. Uh, I feel like our, our, some of our safety players just weren't really there uh, last season, you know, and especially some of the line. I, I'm actually happy about it. I, I feel glad about what the Seahawks, what the Seahawks, who the Seahawks picked, and, you know, it's just who, how they're going to play, what Pete Carroll wants to do with them, and, you know, just what's going to happen, really. Yeah, what you think about the uh, wide receiver out of Ole Miss, D.K. Uh, Metcalf? That guy, that guy can run. 
definitely can do the position. I think he would be he would be a great fit for it. Um, yeah, he, he was one of the top players too in college. You know, I, I feel like you know with these players, I, I feel like they they do have a lot of great potential. It's just whether they can like you know adjust to the the competition of the NFL. Yeah, just you know this kid here, man, DK Metcalf. He had a lot of adversity. He was there to bounce back. Had a phenomenal, impressive uh, Indianapolis Combine. Uh, performance then you know I saw I saw a clip where he showed up to Seattle's facilities with his shirt off and Pete Carroll took his shirt off so I yeah, thought that Pete, was funny Pete Carroll uh, went crazy for him <laughs> yeah great <laughs> great player though yeah uh, good for his position but we'll, we'll see what happens I'm glad on that pick though yeah yeah I really thought that was a really smart pick for the Seattle Seahawks to be able to pick him up and kind of enhance that offense because to be honest, you guys, go ahead. I was say, I'm actually looking forward to seeing uh, how Travis uh, Homer is going to do, you know, being, being a, a, a running back. You know, I, I hear that he's a hard runner. I hear he's, he's, he, can de- he can definitely get the job done. He's a bulldozer. Uh, but he's not going to be fully like Marshawn Lynch. But, you know, I feel like he, he'll be a better fit. And I feel like it, it'll help him out a lot more, especially with our yeah, running home- we have now. Yeah, Homer is out of Miami, 5'10", 201, uh, a little short. Stocky running back, he looks like. But you, you guys, man, you guys are pretty much used to that style of running back. So y'all like that Marshawn Lynch smash mouth uh, runners, you know, being able to run between uh, the guards in, in, in the center and be able to run north to south, so be able to take some pressure off um, uh, Russell Wilson. So he can be able to use that, that running back and be able to still be a dual threat quarterback. Yeah, so we'll we'll see with the players and how how they're gonna play out with the team. You know, I feel like with Russell's guidance, I, I I'm sure they'll they'll get it under. And you know, as long as everyone plays together, I feel like the Seahawks will be better than they were last year for sure. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt, no doubt. Um, all right, let's see. Let's go back to the draft before I run out of time. Arizona. I mean, you're based in Arizona. How would you assess their draft? What kind of grade would you give them out of their draft picks? I'd have to give that one a, a C, maybe a C plus, uh, just for the fact of Kyler Murray. You know, uh, we we after us getting rid of Rosen, you know, shipping him off to Miami. I feel like with Cliff Kingsbury having the experience that he had with Kyler already, I feel like that that's going to be a good chemistry for the offense. And I feel like you know, as long as they can critique the offense, you know, to adjust to the plays and what they want them to do, I feel like that'll be a great fit there. Um, I did know yeah. that we got a lot of uh, we got a lot of receivers. Um, I'm sure I'm mm-hmm. sure some of them will, will do pretty good, but you know I feel like the Cardinals receivers are all right. I think they really need to work more on like defense and more of the linemen. Yeah, they got three receivers: one out of UMass or UMass. They got another one out of Iowa State. They got another one out of Fresno State. They picked up a tight end from UCLA, and that's pretty much it. And they got an old tackle out of Morgan State. Okay, they got the old tackle out of Morgan State. That's me. That's the Miac. So uh, Joshua Miles, and it just seems like they're just loading up for the offense because they're gonna feels like they're gonna try to come out and be a common copy or a copy of um, the Los Angeles Rams. They want to try to come out and just be airing it out and let the quarterback play. Um, Josh Rosen, you talked about him going to Miami. Um, was you, I mean, we talked about it last week on the show. Was you really surprised that you guys traded him to Miami? 
Not really, no. I mean, since Cliff Kingsbury came over and started talking about getting a new quarterback, and you know, and bring, mentioning uh, um, Kyler Murray's name, you know, it, it just felt like it was he was already set with what who he wanted and what he wanted to run with his offense. You know, I, I didn't see any surprises there. Unfortunately, it did suck. You know, he only had one year to to play. You know, get some NFL experience. And, you know, he might do much more better at Miami. I feel like, you know, it would be one of those things where, like, you know, the Cardinals are known for getting good players that just can't perform well with the team, but then, like, they should get switched over to another team and they're just phenomenal, like Kurt Warner and all of them, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, uh, it's I mean, one I, of those. Yeah, and I feel like Josh Rosen well. for sure would be one of those players, but for Miami and, you know, it, it, it was kind of just, you know, either or the Cardinals would have been fine with Rosen or Murray. Yeah, it just felt like it was, it was, you know, the best thing that the Miami, not Miami, the best thing Arizona could do, could do at the time for Josh Rosen. Uh, I, I didn't think it would have worked there to keep him as a backup. I thought that it was best to move him before you even get started with practice, before the press come around, before players get back into locker rooms. Just go ahead and make a move now, because uh, like like today, like I mean. It's not even a talk about it in Arizona anymore because now it's Miami's problem or he's Miami's quarterback. So they can say, you know, we moved on from that. And it's, you know, it's time to focus on Kyle Murray and, and what he can bring to the table for the Arizona Cardinals going forward. So, all right, how much time do we have before we take a next, another break? I wanna That's actually time for break more. now. Oh, okay, let's break when we come back. We'll jump into the NBA. I want to get your thoughts on the Golden State Warriors next, uh, A-Rod, on Outside the Huddle. It's your host, Lee My Williams, coming to you live from Houston, Texas. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Racers and Rental Cars is the program for wannabe pro racers and those interested in the racing profession and automotive industry. Join hosts Cameron Ferre and Don O'Neill as they take you behind the scenes with previews and review for race day. It's about the business as well as the fun. We've got the scoop, the guests, the discussion, and the WTF moments. All you need to do is bring your ears. Racers and Rental Cars heard every Saturday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. Sports continues to grow and evolve to ever-increasing prominence in today's society. On All Around Sports, host John Inglesby will connect with the leading newsmakers from the sports world, including players, owners, and fellow sports journalists discussing the top news and events that are relevant to sports today. John will also report from and offer his experience of the world's top sports events. Tune into All Around Sports with John Inglesby, Mondays at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Variety now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop take voice america on the go and listen anywhere get our mobile app for iphone blackberry or android at the apple itunes app store blackberry app world or android market the internet's number one talk station number one talk station VoiceAmerica.com. You're 
Outside the Huddle with Lemont Williams. Want a piece of today's action? Call into the show right now at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or you can drop a line to Sports at yahoo.com. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Outside the Huddle with your host, Lemont Williams, coming to you live from Houston, Texas on this Thursday. Well, the first day of May, really. May 1st, 2019. Man, this year's blown by quick. Speaking of what's blown by is the Golden State Warriors. As I try to segue into the NBA discussion, had a lot to talk about about the NFL draft. Uh, the first two seconds, then let's talk some NBA playoffs. Let's see here. Game tonight, kicking off, will be the Portland Trailblazers versus the Denver Nuggets. Uh, this series right now is Denver is up one to zero, going into Game Two, and uh, that should be an exciting series. As you remember, Portland knocked off OKC with that huge three pointer last week by Damon Lillard. Lillard got it right this time, and um, so that that Denver and Portland uh, series should be exciting to see. Houston is down two zero. To the Golden State Warriors. The Warriors beat the Rockets last night, 115-109, and they beat them on Sunday evening or afternoon, 104-100. So, A-Rod, real quick before I get my thoughts on the Rockets and the Golden State Warriors. Uh, I don't know if you had a chance to watch the game last night. If so, I want to get some feedback from you. And also, what's your overall thought of this series? Because for me, it feels like this is the Western Conference Final. This is this is a tough. This is this is a good. I like this one. I like the playoff finals that we have here compared to last year. I feel like you know it, it, it's a combination of you know seeing, uh, seeing like you know how well would James Harden and the Rockets be able to handle the Warriors, and you know they're they're not doing too well. <laughs> but you no, know, they're not. They're they're definitely they're definitely bringing a, a better game than the, than last year's uh, performance for sure. Um, I will say though that with the Warriors, you know you're going against a dynasty, man. You got every every shooter play, good player on that on that team, and you know it's just it's inevitable. It's like watching you know a little kid get hit by waves. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I, I feel like you know the Warriors are just it's going to be a sweep. Uh, if anything, you know they might give them one or two games just because you know ratings and stuff like that. But you know, farther other than that, you know it's just the Warriors are just the Warriors. They're just going to dominate. It's tough, man. It's tough watching the Warriors play. I mean, the Rockets go against the Warriors because. You know, me being local in Houston, I'm rooting for the Rockets. And throughout the whole season, you see the success of James Harden, Chris Paul, uh, Clint Capella. You see these guys be successful throughout the whole year. Now they get in the playoffs and play against Golden State, and you're like, here we go again. You know, it's one of those things where uh, the first game of the officiating is not on, not on the side of not calling fair league for uh, the Rockets and, and some of the plays with fouls that was obvious. And then you have last game, your star player gets raked in the face or in the eyes for both eyes. And now his vision is blurry and, and Chris Paul is struggling. And it just feels like the Rockets can't catch a break, man. And then the window of opportunity is starting to small, uh, close for the Rockets, in my opinion. I think, man, this is a must win. Obviously, it's a must-win being now 0-2, but it's a must-win for the confidence of the Rockets and not just for the Rockets, their fans, and the community because 
if they can't win game three at home, it's a done deal. They might get game four uh, and go and see want to finish them off at home so they can advance to the Western Conference Finals. But, uh, man, it's, just, it's, it's tough seeing the Rockets struggle against the Golden State Warriors due to the fact that you know that they have a lot of offensive weapons. Now, I mentioned Clinton Capella. Uh, he has to be a little bit more active on the pick and roll far as being offensively, being an offensive weapon and rolling to the basket. It just feels like he just sets the pick, but doesn't look for the role to be able to set it up offensively. Um, Golden State, what can, what can I not say about that? I mean, they have so many offensive weapons. Katie, Kevin Durant, he's a, a beast that you have. Uh, Clay Thompson, and you have, uh, you know, Steph Curry, you know, just then Draymond is doing. When you ever see, whenever you see Draymond putting on an offensive performance like you've seen the last last game, then that's when you know that the Rockets are in trouble. <laughs> because he's just a uh, defensive specialist and the energizer bunny, but when he gets off to a good start offensively, and you have guys coming off the bench, and it's just, it's like being in a heavyweight bout against two Mike Tysons. You know what I'm saying? It's like in their prime. It's like it's one thing to fight Mike Tyson, one one Mike Tyson, and you fight another Mike Tyson. Like soon you get you knock down one guy and then you got another guy coming at you at full tilt. That's how it feels watching the the Rockets play the Golden State Warriors. It has so many offensive weapons and guys coming up aggressively offensively. So I don't know, man. I don't have a lot of confidence in the Rockets winning that series. Uh, if they pull it out, I'll be surprised. I mean, I, I'm not going to lie to you. I would definitely be surprised. I agree. All right, Portland and uh, Denver. Who do you think will win that series? I feel like, you know, maybe, maybe I want Portland to win for sure. I'm a Portland fan since day one. Um, I don't know. It's a tough one, really. I'm gonna have to, yeah, I'm gonna just, have to go with with with. I'm gonna have. I want Portland to win, but you know they're down one from the Nuggets. If they can somehow make a comeback or turn around, you know, I feel like maybe they can make a difference. But I, I want the Trailblazers. Yeah, it just feels like Portland's gonna. I'm not a really big uh, Denver fan. I didn't watch too much of them this year. That's. I mean, due to the a lot of the networks didn't cover their game. So if I had to pick, I'll pick Portland to win that one. Um, that's serious. We'll see how it plays out tonight as the game kicks off at 8 o'clock. All right, this is a really good series. Milwaukee versus the Boston Celtics. Who do you think will win that one? I, I don't know. I feel like the Celtics. I'm going to go with the Celtics in that one. Okay. I'm going to go different from that. I'm going to go with the Milwaukee Bucks. I like the Greek the Freak. I like what he did last night. He will the team to win over the Celtics 123. The 101. Man, 123. That's a lot of points. Well, 123 over the Celtics, or 123 over uh, to the Celtics, 102. Uh, Kyrie Irvin, Kyrie Irvin is a guy that didn't play that well last night. I think he only had like nine points. But Milwaukee really stepped up and asked the call at home, split the series. Uh, now let's go see how they can play on the road. Friday night they play at Boston. Can they go out there and do their thing? In, on the road in a hostile environment is going to be the key. If they can find a way to split one of those games and get back to Milwaukee, then uh, you never know. The series can ch- change in their favor. But I am really uh, impressed with what I'm seeing 
from the Milwaukee Bucks. I really think they have a chance to knock off the Boston Celtics, but um, <laughs> we'll see how, how it plays out. So let's see how this thing plays out. Let me go back down to the last series. Uh, Toronto Raptors versus the Philadelphia 76ers. This series is tied at 1-1. So the Raptors jumped out there on the 76ers, but then the Sixers answered and snuck in a win over the Raptors. So the series 1-1. Uh, Joel and B and company, you think they going to be able to pull this one out against Toronto? What's your thoughts on this series, A-Rod? Um, no, I, I haven't really caught much of it, so I, I'm not really too sure. <laughs> I'm just going to have to watch it play it just, out. Uh, yeah, you got to watch it play out. I mean, just, you know, on surface, I think that the, uh, um, the 76ers will pull it out. I, I believe they'll pull it out. They have, you know, they're a better home team. Uh, they'll find a way to pull it out and get to the Eastern Conference Final. I, I will have to agree with you, though. I will have to go with, with, with the Seven Sixers. I feel like they, they have they have the talent to do it. Got a few more minutes before we wrap up this segment and go into the last commercial break. Let's see here. Uh, I saw a story today in the NFL. I was excited to see about, and I'm jumping back to the NFL. But a couple of things, Joe Theismann gave Dwayne Haskins the okay to wear his number seven. I thought that was a real classy move by the veteran and the legend Joe Theismann out of the Washington Redskins to give the young rookie, unproven young rookie, the opportunity to wear his number number seven. And also, I saw something about Monday Night Football and uh, Bubba McFarlane will be the fill-in for... Where is it? I know I saw it early. He's going to replace Jason Witten that is now back with the Dallas Cowboys. So I can't find the article right here in front of me, but I want to give credit and and, and say congratulations to Bubba McFarland for getting the opportunity to move into the booth from the sideline reporter for the Monday Night Football platform, which is huge because you got to think about the history of Monday Night Football, what it means to America, what it means to this country. Uh, have an opportunity to be in the booth and call it every Monday night, and that's a that's a milestone within itself. And if you're not mentally and physically prepared for that grind, it'll wear on you. Because I think that's exactly what took place to Jason Witt. Not saying not saying he couldn't handle the workload. Or he wasn't as great as Tony Romo. It's just enough. It just took enough time out of his day and just wore down him. Warm down for 17 weeks. But anyway, there's music playing in the background. A-Rod brought me back onto the show after disconnecting me. I'm excited to be here. Let's go ahead and finish up the show strong. We'll kind of bounce around, talk about a few things in the fourth segment. Next one, Outside the Huddle. What's your host, Lee Mott Williams, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. 
Are you ready for a broad look at everything to do with the world of sports? If so, tune in to the Mike Abadir Show. It's a unique perspective to the connections between sports and business. Host Mike Abadir has negotiated numerous deals in the NFL. Along with co-host Gino Bacola, Mike will bring his expertise, discussion, and some terrific guests to the airwaves. Listen live for the Mike Abadir Show every Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you? It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific time 3 p.m eastern time on the voice america sports channel have you had a chance to check out voice america's online magazine and blog if you love our hosts and shows check out articles that give an even deeper perspective plus topics about health and fitness movie reviews philosophy business tips and tactics spirituality positive thought current events and even more about your favorite hosts it's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com that's blog.voiceamerica.com the voice america press blog all access all the time You're outside the huddle with Lemont Williams. Want a piece of today's action? Call into the show right now at 1 888 346 9144. That's 888 346 9144. Or you can drop a line to Lemont Williams Sports at yahoo.com. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to the show Outside the Huddle with your host, Lemont Williams, coming to you live from Houston, Texas. On May 1st, 2019. And uh, I'm going to bounce around and talk about a few different things here in this last segment. Because I can do that. It's my show. Why not? Right? So, uh, let's go back to the draft. Right? So, in the NFL draft, A-Rod and I broke down the Texans as well as the Seattle Seahawks draft picks. And I also talked about uh, some of the local guys got picked up, like Ed Oliver from Houston. Um, and uh, it's also who else I mentioned? Can't remember. Um, I mentioned the quarterback. Okay, Dwayne Haskins from Ohio State for the Redskins. So, with that being said, I want to kind of get back and talk about the AFC South division. Um, cover that division for the Texans, which in return I got to focus a little bit more on teams just in that division, like Jacksonville. Uh, Tennessee, and the Colts. So speaking of the Colts, let's go ahead and jump down there and see what they did in the NFL draft. The Colts, their first draft pick, uh, if they went with a guy at Temple, it looks like here, they went with a quarterback. So just kind of glancing over their picks. I really didn't focus too much on the individual teams, so that's why I'm taking the time, time to do it now. With Andrew Luck being the starting quarterback for the Colts, uh, their first pick, they have a quarterback in the first round. Then they went with a defensive player in the second round. So their first two picks were defensive players. Third, Their third pick, a wide receiver. 
Uh, then they went again with outside linebacker safety. Say, man, they're loading up their defense. Look at here, A. Rod. The Colts, they're <laughs> they're trying to continue to dominate in the AOC South Division. Out of what? Let's say here one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten picks. Out of ten picks, they had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven defensive players. They do have back-to-back safeties, one in the fourth round and one in the fifth round. So, man, I'll tell you one thing. The Colts offensively is loaded, and they're starting to load up their defense here with all their draft picks um, from this past, well, from last week's draft. All right, that's the Colts. Let's go ahead and go over to Jacksonville. Can Jacksonville get back to the glory days of what they used to be defensively uh, let's see here. Uh, you know they got Nick Foles at the starting quarterback now with that trade from the Philadelphia Eagles. And their need going into the draft was old tackle, wide receiver, tight end, offensive guard, and safety. So their first pick was Josh Allen, the outside linebacker slash defensive end uh, from out of Kentucky. Then they go tackle. They got the kid out of Florida, Taylor. Then they go Josh Oliver, a tight end. Then they go Quentin Williams, a safety. Then they go with a running back out of Temple, quarterback out of Washington State, and they have a D-tackle out of Auburn. So not bad. I mean, I can definitely tell you the first two picks was impressive. I know the kid from Florida, old tackle, was pretty good. Jawan Taylor, uh, he's a rangy kid. And Josh Allen, man. He comes in at 6'5", 262 from Kentucky. Quick first step. He has the flexibility to move around, move those hips. Yeah, he's going to make an impact for Jacksonville. All right. So that's the that's, – no, excuse me, that's Jacksonville. We had the Colts first, Jacksonville. Now let's go down to the Titans, Tennessee. Let's see here. Tennessee. Their need going into the draft was a wide receiver, old guard, tackle, tight end, defensive tackle, and cornerback. Their first draft pick was a guard, no, excuse me, it was a D tackle out of Mississippi State, Jeffrey Simmons. Um, and, you know, they draft him at 6'4, 305. They get A.J. Brown from Ole Miss, wide receiver, Nate Davis out of Charlotte, the offensive guard. Then they get. Um, a safety out of Iowa. Then they get an outside linebacker of Georgia. And they get another outside linebacker out of West Virginia. So it looks like they met their needs as well. So they finished up third in the AFC South. And it was very competitive on their first year coach, too. So, man, the AFC South is, was known to be dominated by one team for so many years by the Colts with Peyton many. But the Texans were able to knock all the coast a couple of times. And Jacksonville snuck in there, got their defense better, and became a winner, a competitor. And now you see uh, Tennessee is starting to load up their their team as they went to the playoffs two years ago. So, all right. So that was the AOC South division. Let's go ahead and go to one of my old stumping, stumping grounds in division. That's the NFC East. We talked about the Redskins earlier in their aggressive play and grabbing, drafting guys, uh, Dwayne Haskins, getting players. Let's go and see what 
the Cowboys, even though they didn't have a lot of picks. I wanted to see what the Cowboys because it was was funny, a rise that when you're covering the draft, you're so focused on the team that you're covering for. You don't even, I mean, you see the other draft picks, but you don't really lock in. Okay, is that a really good pick for that team? You just casually glance at it, unless it's something like the Giants against you know Daniel Jones, and everybody's like shocked, and it's all everyone's talking about it. But outside of that, you really don't focus too much on other teams until it's after. So the Cowboys come into the draft. They need a tight end, a safety, offense guard, defensive tackle, and a cornerback. All right. So they go to their pick. They get a D tackle, 6'3 D tackle out of UCF. Uh, got a guard, running back out of Memphis, corner. Well, I'll take that back. They had a few picks. They just, I just never focused in on it. They didn't start drafting until second round. So. They get Michael Jackson <laughs> out of uh, Miami. Not the uh, the great Michael Jackson, the dancer, but Michael Jackson, the cornerback out of Miami. They go back-to-back Miami picks. They get a guy named Joe John, uh, Jackson out of Miami, D-tackle, or defensive end. Uh, they get a safety out of A&M. Then they go Ohio State. They get a running back. they got two running backs now from Ohio State. Ezekiel Elliott and this rookie, Weber. Uh, Ohio State, and they go defensive in uh, Oregon. So that was the Cowboys. Let's go see what the Eagles did. Eagles coming to the draft. They need an inside linebacker, cornerback, running back, O guard. I mean, offensive guard and offensive tackle. Their first pick in the first round, they got Andrew Dillard. Um, let's see here. Out of Washington State. Then they get uh, running back out of Penn State. They got a receiver out of Stanford. Uh, they get a, a DN out of Penn State, and they get a quarterback out of Northwestern. So that's what the Eagles end up picking up. Let's see here. Who I miss? Giants. Go back to the Giants. Was it by now, if you're sleeping on the rock, you, you probably know that the Giants picked Daniel Jones. 6'5", quarterback. And real quick, oh, man, I had too many picks to kind of go through it. But you get the point. The Giants picked up some players, and as well as the Texans and everybody in the AFC East, I mean, NFC East, as well as the AFC South, picked up some players. But fun show. I heard the music playing, so that's A-Rod time to tell me it's time to wrap it up. So let's wrap up the show this week for Outside the Huddle with your host, Lemont Williams. Have a great week until we meet next week. Be safe. Thanks for joining Outside the Huddle with Lemont Williams. We're back next week for another live show, Wednesday at 5 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Central, and 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Check back with us on the Voice America Sports Channel.